Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody. It is 6 o'clock, 6.02, Mountain Time, and that means it's, it's Tuesday also, right? I keep getting my days mixed up. Um, that means it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos, and I am joined once again today by my co-host and friend, Scott Kennedy, uh, who joined me this morning for Broncos for Breakfast, but here we are now doing Building the Broncos. Scott, how are you doing? What have you been up to? I'm doing good. I, I was telling uh, telling my son today, one of the benefits of like working out really early is like you're so tired, you don't really even remember doing it. That's that's kind of how these uh, these double dippers are starting to feel like, wait a minute, was that today? Or was that yesterday? Was it Saturday? I don't know. There's a lot of football, a lot of good football, though. I, I, I like it. I like being here for these. Yeah, I wish we had better football to talk about um, as far as what the Broncos put on tape uh, this last week. But, you know, it's uh, it's still football and the Broncos are three and one. And while it wasn't pretty, uh, that's a good Ravens team. And there's a lot more football to improve upon. I mean, I don't want to, you know, say that this Broncos team is going to go on and win the Super Bowl. But, you know, a lot of people when you probably remember uh, 2012, the Broncos went to Baltimore and beat the ever loving poop out of the Ravens in Baltimore Ooh. Ravens. Yeah. The ever loving poop out of the Ravens um, in the regular season. The Ravens come to Denver in the playoffs in 2012. And lo and behold, they get hot and they beat the Denver Denver in the playoffs. They beat the Patriots on the road in the playoffs and they go all the way and win the Super Bowl. So um not saying that's what the Broncos are going to do, but uh, we got a long season to go. This team's going to change a lot and hopefully they'll grow. Um, but you know, that seems like a lot of people are pretty down about this team right now. Uh, either way, you know, both quarterback, stands pointing at each other getting angry uh, three and one team so uh, i'm not too too upset about it uh, the further we get away from it the less emotional we have to be but guys before we get into this obviously this is building the broncos we're going to be here every tuesday night at six o'clock mountain time like we were today you can follow scott and myself on twitter scott at scout kennedy and myself at nick kendall mhh also make sure you're following us at btb football pod and at mile high huddle uh, make sure you also go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. I know that my hat and Broncos for breakfast coffee mug is on the way. And I think Scott has some merch on the way also for that. And as you guys can see, I'm wearing the Billy and the Broncos hat right now. So, uh, make sure you get on the website, support us and, uh, rock the, rock the gear. Cause it helps us, you know, that brand awareness is always key. Uh, go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod, uh, become a member and join the conversation there. If you're on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Uh, our page that helps us a heck of a lot. It costs you absolutely nothing and it helps us compete with uh, many other of those fine Broncos contributors out there that good content, but uh, we like to think we're number one. And also speaking of number one, go to Scott's page, uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And Scott, do you have anything for us as far as I know we talked a little bit this morning about it, but the, the winners last month and uh, what's potentially coming down the track this month and what we're pushing for. Yeah, last month we did the, the drawing on uh, Monday, not after the gut reaction. The gut reaction was uh, was a little pu- a gut punch, unfortunately. So they, they waited until yesterday to do the, the drawings for the – I'm already getting them confused. It was Justin Simmons, right? Yes. Last week it was Patrick Sertan this week, yeah. 
Uh, the Justin Simmons uh, jersey. Christy won it. Michael Ranquillo won one. And um, there, I think there were five more different people that were getting uh, some some different types of some. This is a, a conversation that that Chad and I have had about what the word for swag actually is. Um, and uh, yeah. he he thinks it's like swagger. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Um, but there is a new there is a new um, stars goal for this month that's going to get a Pat Sertan jersey at 250,000 stars. And because Facebook was having such trouble the past couple of days, we're behind. We're definitely mm. behind. So 2% through the first four and a half days of the month definitely means we're behind. So I have confidence that this crew can get us back to goal for the month. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Um, Scott, I'll kick it back over to you. I think we got some stars already coming in here. So uh, people heard the answer. Obviously, Facebook and Instagram were having issues. Um, so we're uh, now jumping in and uh, the stars are coming in. So yeah, we got Gary's oh. coming in, already donated. Uh, coming yeah. in. So hello, my favorite guys in all of Broncos country. Wow. Uh, I think he's talking to you, Chad. Chad's behind. Uh, he's listening to me have this uh, debate with him in the background about what swag actually is. Uh, Steve's <laughs> coming with some stars already, too. He says, what's up? Catching you guys twice is unusual for me. Got my breakfast for Broncos mug on the way. Go Bucky. That was mm -hmm. a shot earlier that uh, I didn't bring back to your attention. But that one, he sent that one earlier. So we're going to make yeah. sure that that one gets, gets read. So it must be Wisconsin, Iowa. Yeah, Iowa, Iowa this weekend. That's uh, there's gonna be some be some beer consumed, I would think, in in between those two schools. Uh, Iowa's got Penn State this weekend, but uh, Wisconsin okay. will be later on in Camp Randall, so that'll be good. Um, obviously, Wisconsin's already got three L's on the table, but they've uh, they've played some pretty good teams already too. It's either two or three L's, uh, three L's. But I mean, Notre Dame, Penn State, and uh, oh gosh, who's the other one they lost to? Either way, it'll be a good game later. It might be for the Big Ten West. We also got, speaking of stars, Peter Middleton coming over in Cambodia. He says, stars for you guys. Peter, thank you for joining us in the morning and evening, although it'd be evening and morning for you. But whatever the time it is, it's Broncos time for Peter, and we appreciate you joining us today and always being such a great contributor to the chat as well as just, you know, in general, being a positive influence in this uh, community. Yeah, and then uh, on the YouTube, let's not forget about YouTube. Dennis coming in, so I know this is Broncos. Uh, podcast, but I have to say, how about them Hawks? I don't think you're going to get too many complaints from at least one of the co one of the hosts talking about the Hawks. Uh, yeah, I'm no. actually going to give the NBA a try for mm. the first time in okay. a decade and a half. Good young team with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, 
I, I haven't watched the NBA more than a game or two in 15 years. And I grew up diehard NBA. I, I don't know anything from the last 15 years. We can talk 80s and 90s NBA all you want to, but I don't I don't know much of anything except that all anybody ever talks about is who's the greatest this or who's the greatest that. And so it's like I couldn't even tell you who wins the games. Does it yeah. that that doesn't even seem to matter anymore? Yep, absolutely. I'm not sure Bucks fan. I do know that one because that's pretty special. Milwaukee Bucks pulling that off. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Also, Jay Kozad's in the house. Good to see you, Jay. Uh, Ashton's in the house. Nick and Scott are the actual truth. I don't know about the actual truth, but we do what we can to uh, disseminate uh, what we're seeing. Obviously, Ernie Mays is in the house, too. Good mor- uh, Good afternoon to you, Ernie. It's great to see you. Gustavo's in the house. Uh, Avery Williamson to the practice squad. Let's, let's jump on this here real quick uh, because we have the Williamson uh, news that just came down the wire. I think it was Ryan O'Callaghan. That was the... Or, uh, gosh, it was... I'm not sure who broke it first. Um, I think Albright confirmed it, uh, but uh, we obviously Broncos sign uh, Josh well, Avery Williamson and Josh Malone. I didn't see Josh Malone, um, wide receiver from Tennessee, a very high recruit um, to the practice squad. Josh Malone's a big body, kind of like an X receiver as well, but another He's guy been around who, a while, hasn't he? He has been around a while. Um, didn't have good quarterback there, and the Broncos also released uh, Ferris, cornerback Ferris, and Kreider to make room. So it's the kind of that back end of the roster practice squad stuff where you're going to see guys shuffling in and out. Maybe somebody catches on. Um, but we just brought in Kreider and now he's gone. So we'll see. This but Williamson, one, this one feels a little different than just the back end of the practice squad for me, though. Uh, I mean, th- this guy's a hundred tackles a year machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avery Williamson, he's had a hundred tackles five of the last six years, including last year across two teams with the Jets and the and the Steelers. Had 111s, almost 60 with each. 120 tackles the the year before. Uh, he was actually out 19, so that might be part of it. So. 120 tackles in 2018, 92 and 17, 104 and 16. So I always look to see when these guys are getting signed and they're veterans, what did they do in the previous year? And he was still a 111 tackle guy last year. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 you should have over 100 tackles, but that means you've got a, a guy that was starting last year. So mm-hmm. that's some good quality depth. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him on the active roster before too long. Once they, you know, kick the tires a little bit more and make sure that he's still still healthy, um, but I doubt they would have signed him if he didn't pass his medical. So, get a get a better idea of where he fits in. But it wouldn't su- totally surprise me to see him on the active roster. Nah, me neither. Avery Williamson, solid player, uh, University of Kentucky linebacker. There, um, had some good years there playing for the Wildcats and uh, for the Jets for a while as well. Uh, liked them a good bit coming out in the draft. Uh, I think that this Williamson signing, he's probably not going to overtake. Justin Sternod or Alexander Johnson, but that Micah Kaiser spot where he's the back end, you know, that, that next guy up, God willing, there's not another injury. Um, This is a Micah Kaiser, Avery Williamson, um, I think battle here for that next linebacker on the field. And I think this also speaks to uh, Browning not being exactly where they want him to be, whether that be physically because he had injuries uh, all throughout camp or mentally again, because of the injuries all throughout camp and kind of learning the off ball position as well as the edge. But it's a good spot. Hopefully this will also bring some special teams uh, to them as well. Cause those pack and linebackers have to play special teams. Um, and also the linebacker, the Broncos uh, traded for whose name is escaping me right now from the 49ers um, is another special teams guy that got uh, dinged up here recently. So Broncos got some injuries. Obviously everybody knows that, but the Williamson signing, he does have a bit more prestige and profile than your typical practice squad. Yeah, signing. That's a, that's a veteran signing that we're it's a, it's definitely a depth and not a development signing. You know, he's been in the league for several years already. Um, maybe we have to use him, Maybe we don't. That's kind of the thought mm-hmm. of, but again, you've got a good solid pro 
to plug in and not a, oh my God, we got to do something with this rookie um, yep. where you're, you're scared to death to throw him in there. You know, he can go in there and get, and get a job done. Yep, absolutely. Uh, DBA's in the house. What's up, guys? Missed you all this morning. We missed you too, we DBA. Missed you too. We'll see you Thursday. Um, it's Travis Tarbox, also a Hawkeye supporter in here. Evening, fellas. I was at the game on Sunday. Seemed like they just quit on the game. Uh, I think the Broncos got a little bit shell-shocked in this game. I think that they maybe a little bit of PTSD as well. And the Broncos offense went into a shell after that. Uh, they were not moving the ball very well, especially after that Alberto Cuevanom drop. That would have been maybe tide changing. I mean, you talk about a completely different game if you're up seven to zero on the first drive, potentially. So uh, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, it also seemed like from even Pat Shermer down to the offensive guys around him, the air was taken out of the stadium a little bit when it was found out that Teddy Bridgewater did have the concussion and Drew Locke was coming in. Now, is that about Drew? Is that about Teddy? You know, those guys probably wouldn't tell you unless it was an off the record conversation or, or if it's even conscious versus subconscious, but uh, it did seem like they were a little bit deflated in this game and brought back down to reality from that three and zero start. But it's just one game. This is some adversity. Every team's going to have adversity this year. There's only one remaining undefeated team in the Arizona Cardinals. And guess what? I would put good money on. They're not going to finish the year undefeated. So uh, it's what do you do now? Whoa, That's there's your headline. Question. What? What's there, headline. There's your headline. Nick says Cardinals won't go undefeated. Ex except the St. Louis Cardinals in the uh, the playoffs. But other than that. <laughs> they um, might. Jesus. <laughs> they're hot, but they got the Dodgers. So wouldn't mind seeing we'll the Yankees see. get bounced tonight, though. I'll tell you that much. That would be great. You know what's great? Also bouncing in here, Naj coming in. The $20 over on YouTube, $19.99 to be exact. Uh, Naj, thank you so much. I love that orange. It really pops. Uh, hey, bros, so tired of Fangio comfortably calling out players for poor play, yet being so disinterested in offense and special teams. He never holds the offensive coordinator or special teams coach accountable for poor game planning. It's like he's not a true head coach. I will say that it's pretty hard for me to get too on him about this because if I was the coach or the owner or general manager or whatever, I wouldn't want Vic Fangio going to the press conference and just blasting these guys. It's stuff that needs to be happening in the meeting rooms. Uh, otherwise, I personally, like if somebody did that to me, they were just going out and airing their dirty laundry. Uh, I would yeah, have an issue and, with that. And Nick, in that case, then it's the first part of the statement that bothers you. You know, yeah. you don't want them comfortably calling out players necessarily either. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's okay, you know, say, hey, he, he probably thinks he should have had that ball. He probably thinks he can do better. He knows that. We know that. And he's going to do better. That's okay. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, being a grouchy old man, if you're successful, then you're Bill Belichick. You know, the press will call you colorful. They'll call you interesting. And they'll, you know, old school and use all kinds of nice things. But, you know, he's coming off as insecure and petty right now. And that's, mm -hmm. that's not yes. a good look. I think he's coming out deflective as well. Um, this was a bad game plan. It didn't work out. Uh, the offense, the offensive line was getting absolutely obliterated and they went away from the run game when that was working. And obviously the communication against the blitzes was not working. Um, and there's a lot of coaching issues also. I mean, there was just simple execution issues as well. Uh, but I prefer it. It's like not to go back to college football, but like Scott Frost for the Nebraska Cornhuskers drives me absolutely insane because he's always pointing the fingers at his other coaches, at his players, et cetera, et cetera. You're the head coach, buddy. The buck stops here. Put it on you. That's your job. You know, whatever the players have going on there, no, you are the wall. You should be, it's even more so for college coaches, but you are the wall there. You need to be the one that's taking the brunt of that. And he just hasn't done that. At least, at least be dishonest, honest about it. Like Steve Spurrier was. That's okay, Nick. It's not your fault. I just didn't coach you well enough. <laughs> yeah. 
It's not your fault that you let that guy get behind you. I didn't do a good enough job coaching you up. Yep. Thanks, coach. I feel much (laughs) better now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... I had a boss that was the uh, absolute epitome of the compliment insult. Nick, you are way too smart a guy to do something this stupid. Hey, thanks. Wait! No, that's so, uh, yes. There's there's ways to handle that for sure. And again, the part of Naja's comment there is, I'm tired of him come calling these guys out. You know, look to your take care of your own house right now, and uh, you know, own it. You're you're the head coach. It's it's all your fault, all of it. Even yeah. even the personnel decisions that you know you might not even have any say in. Those are still your fault. So just own it. And I think another good point here is that you can be a brilliant football mind, but that doesn't mean you're going to be a great head coach. Like Vic Fangio, no doubt about it. One of the better defensive coordinators in the game. I know some people get their, you know, rears chafed about him not blitzing as much as they'd like, but his defense, we know the scheme works um, in the NFL. A lot of teams are trying to replicate it right now. Maybe being a head coach and managing all those personalities and uh, being that kind of guy is a bit more than he can chew. I mean, that's true. Some guys are just better off as the the schemers, the coordinators, versus like John Harbaugh, for example, or Mike Tomlin, uh, two coaches we've seen back-to-back weeks here who are phenomenal head coaches, who are not just the schemers, but they're the motivators as well. Mm-hmm. They are the personality managers, managers as well. They do well with the press. It's everything. Um, and that's not just Vic Fangio. You see it with Urban Meyer too, right? College to NFL, totally different. So um, We've had this discussion yeah. before about the different skill sets it takes, and I usually pour it into the coach. And it, it seems like this has almost gone away. This was a big thing in the 80s and 90s when the coaches liked to think of themselves as general managers too. Mm-hmm. And they would try and entice players. Franchise would try and entice guys. And and you saw it in Denver as, as good of an example as anybody. I thought Dan Reeves was a fantastic head coach, but he – didn't just want to be a head coach. He wanted to be the coach and general manager. And he got run out of at least, he got run out of Denver because of that. He got run out of New York because of that. And he got run out of Atlanta because of that. When he had success, short-term success as a coach in all those places, but he was a horrible general manager. And you need some separation in that. I don't want the same guy that's asking you to put your, you know, you need to go out there and, and, and put your life on the line basically for me in this play to be the same one that's negotiating a contract with me. That, that needs to be, that's separate. You know, the, the, the personalities and the relationships you build are very much biased how you can deal with the people and the, the players that you're evaluating, drafting, cutting, and signing. So it's uh, the same way with being a, a man, the overall general manager, wrong term, not the general manager, but being a, a manager as opposed to being a coach. X's and O's are very different than people's skills. Mm-hmm. And it's the X's and O's guys are up in the booth with a headset on. They're not even talking to people. I mean, they're not even talking to players. They're scheming. It's it's completely different skill sets. Yep, I totally agree with you. And the best ones are good at both. But uh, maybe, maybe the, and this is one of the first times I've ever truly been super skeptical of Fangio. I mean, I just, the whole... Ravens thing like if you don't like it stop them I get it that it's upsetting that they did that but like you're getting your butt whipped in this game it totally feels like a deflection for me uh so uh, we'll see we got Cortland Harrison coming in with a two dollar probably a super sticker there over on YouTube uh thank you very much for that Cortland we appreciate you um also want to give a shout out to Peter Middleton 500 stars so far Gary Leeds Palmer 200 Steve Lazuski 200 Michael Ronquillo 150 
uh, Lawrence Rivera 150 and uh, Claude Riley also coming in. So thank you guys so yeah, much. This was, this was Lawrence's comment with the stars too. So Big Ben is old and done got the arm strength he used to. Sorry. And I can still read it even if it's not on the screen because I've got it. <laughs> uh, doesn't have it used to go after him early and keep doing uh, what we do on the defense for the run. Uh, no, he doesn't have the arm strength that uh, that he used to. Um, he was never mobile. He, he was just kind of an oak tree back there where guys would hang off of him and he was strong enough to still throw the ball downfield. Um, but we, we've talked about this with Teddy and arm strength. The, the touchdown pass that he threw in the beginning of the Green Bay Packers game, it was still 45 yards in the air. You know, he stepped up and threw the ball 45 yards. So you can't simply just crowd the box. I've said it before that any any quarterback in the NFL can throw the ball 45 or 50 yards downfield to beat get behind a safety on a play action or a fly route for a speedy receiver. That arm strength isn't necessarily always about the deep ball. It's about fitting into tight windows. Uh, it's about those crossing patterns where you're throwing it in, into a tight window, into a lot of traffic. And that's where he is struggling anymore, watching the difference between him and Aaron Rodgers in that Green Bay game. Aaron Rodgers is just freaky. I mean, yeah. the stuff that he can do with that right arm of his is just unbelievable. You can, you know, there's there's a, a very colorful Twitter personality that doesn't really like Tom Brady and pumps up Aaron Rodgers all the time. And I will flat out say Aaron Rodgers is a better passer. He's got a, he's a better passer than Tom Brady. But that's not necessarily makes him a better quarterback. There's different things. But as far as arm talent goes, it doesn't get much better than Aaron Rodgers in the history of this game. Yeah, he's one of the most physically gifted arm talent quarterbacks we've ever seen. Um, so and maybe he's a future Denver Bronco. We'll see. Um, but thank you very much for the comment, Lawrence. We appreciate you. I want to get to this one here real quick um, because I think it leads very well into our conversation that we wanted to get to here today. DeAndre Witherspoon coming in. What are your guys' expectations on the Steelers game and any updates on Teddy and the play calling has to be a lot better and coaching has to be better also. I mean, everybody across the board besides maybe Caden Stearns, Javonta Williams, and Melvin Gordon, Hold on to that L. You earned it. Um, this was a bad game. You came out, you got outclassed, outperformed, outcoached, out whatever you want to say. Um, it's going to happen sometimes. Um, that doesn't define your season. If you let that define your season, that probably speaks about your uh, toughness as a team. Um, so hopefully it's not a big issue. And uh, leading into that as well, talking about this, the Steelers game coming out, we got Paris saying Locked looked good. I like Locked better. And then uh, DBA agreeing with him saying, agreed, Paris, I hope Drew starts. There is a reality out there where uh, Locke will be the starting quarterback in this game. It sounds like Teddy, he suffered a mild concussion and he was, you know, joking around on the field after the game and feeling pretty good. So there is a possibility that Mike, or excuse me, that uh, Teddy will be starting this game, uh, but we probably won't know until we get closer to kickoff. Might not know until Thursday, might not know until Friday. And even then they might keep it somewhat close to the vest as well as a uh, advantage um, for the, the scheming. But we'll see any thoughts about this uh, game and uh, thoughts on Drew Locke uh, being better than Teddy was in this last game, according to your eyes. Um, I, I don't think that either one of them were any necessarily in a better than the other. Um, what I liked was I thought the running game was going really well, which what we've seen is sticking with the running game. And uh, to your, your phrase, being stubborn with the running game sets up things, uh, later on. And for me, this felt like a flip of the script where it seemed like, Hey, the, the game's close, the game's close, but the, the Ravens keep controlling the ball and keep adding points. This game is just slowly, slowly, but surely getting out of reach. And, um, you know, I, there's something I'm going to pay attention to. I mentioned this to you before before uh, we went on, and I, I started noticing it with, with, with Drew Locke. Do they not use cadences anymore 
anywhere because Drew Locke went on one. His snap count was on one every single snap, every single one. There was no getting the pass rush and trying to disrupt their timing. So I went back and watched Teddy. Every single one, every single snap was on one. It was either a hut or set hut or down set hut, but it was on one every time. So I went yeah. and plugged in the Falcons game. I was like, you know, now this is going to bother me. Now it's like that, it's that itch in the back of your mind that I can't scratch. I'm like, all right, is anybody else going on two anymore? So that's something I, I kind of want to keep an eye on. And maybe that's just me and old school and remembering Peyton Manning getting, you know, five offsides penalties and free plays every game by changing up his cadence. But I'd like to see Drew Locke change up his cadence a little bit. I think it would help him out some. Yeah, he, that would he's be the guy. I mean, if he's the guy out there, do you have, okay. So Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, unfortunately we have to go back down this rabbit hole a little bit with the Teddy Bridgewater concussion. I told you we would. Yeah. We, it, it was this, eventual. This thing's never going to be over. The, 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 the quarterback competition, the minute either one of these guys struggles, no matter who wins it, we're going to be talking about it again right away. Yeah. And that's okay. They're pretty even. That's, that's a, that's a pretty good situation to be in. And we got Cortland coming in with another super. Thank you so much, Cortland. Uh, Two dollars saying lock can win games with good pass protection. Uh, that's a big caveat considering the Broncos are starting potentially two uh, young offensive linemen again on the guard spots. It does sound like Dalton Reisner is trending towards playing this week with Glasgow still being out another week, but uh, we'll see when we get there. Uh, pro football focus grades, not the end all be all, but Natane Moody with a three pass blocking grade out of 100 is very concerning. I'll have to go back and watch the all 22 to speak on that, but that's, that's as bad of a single grade I've ever seen for an offensive lineman um, in pass protection. So not good, uh, but lock can win with good pass protection. I, even if the Broncos offensive line was at full strength this week, I don't know if you're going to get good pass protection versus the Steelers team. Uh, the Steelers offensive line is probably one of the worst in football. Big Ben's arm is falling off, uh, but the Steelers, they can do one thing and do one thing pretty darn well. That's good after the quarterback. Uh, Melvin Ingram has been a revelation for them this year. Uh, Hayward is a phenomenal interior defensive lineman. Javon Hargrave. Oh, excuse me, not Hargrave. Um, their other defensive tackle names escaping me. And obviously I was, I TJ was Watt. fairly impressed with Chris Wormley and he hasn't done yes. much And you know, just watch. I, I like the way he disengaged with guys and was using his hands. Um, watching him, Cameron Hayward is, uh, he's been a good player for a long time. He's from, he's yeah. from right around this neck of the woods. I think they, they moved here when, when his dad, Ironhead played for the Falcons. I think they moved down here and stayed. So, mm -hmm. so Cameron stayed down here and then uh, went up north to play his college ball. Um, but he's been a good player for a long time in this league. Yeah, he's phenomenal. And TJ Watt is right up there as one of the best pass rushers in football right now. So um, either way, it's going to be an issue. And I do want the Broncos to be once again, stubborn with the run. They got away from it this week. If you press Shermer on this right now, I think he would say that. Yeah. Looking back at it, I just was calling it based on game flow, blah, blah, blah. But uh, seeing what I see now, should have gone with the run more. And that's even further emphasized, not just protect the quarterback, help your gosh darn offensive line out. You're, you're going against the blitz-happy, exotic blitz scheme of the Ravens. Same with the Steelers coming up this week. Uh, that's a lot for communication and cohesion for that offensive line when they're two new starters. Especially, yeah, especially with two new starters. And not just new starters as in new to the team, but basically new to the NFL as starters. Mm -hmm. Um, and we know when you think of Muti, what are the what are the the superlatives you use to describe him? Strength is usually the first one. Strength, run game. Okay, that makes sense. Miners coming from Wisconsin, uh, UW Whitewater. Fix that one. <laughs> that was from the other night. Uh, Wisconsin White. Calling it Wisconsin Whitewater is a lot like calling UCF Central Florida. They don't like that. That's a that's a location, not a not a school. So UW Whitewater, and. Um, 
you know, Miners is a people mover. What have I said about him since the first second I saw him in January at the Senior Bowl? This guy will move the person in front of you. And how many times did you really run the ball? I remember, I think it was the first first play of the second half. And then I remember a third and three when you were down 16 points with three minutes to go to try and pick up a quick first down. And there might have been one more or two more in between there, but you didn't, you didn't run the ball at all. And you weren't out of this game until the very last few minutes of the fourth quarter. It was there was a lot that was disappointing in this in that in that game against the, the Ravens for sure. Yeah, and I think the Broncos, if they matched up against the Ravens again, it's going to be a different game plan. I think it would be closer. This is one where it just kind of got away from you, and uh, your quarterback was playing poorly, your offensive line was playing poorly, um, and you started to get in your head. So uh, hopefully this team can show that they are have better leadership than they have in years past, and they can move forward against another good team because, you know, we said the season started with last week's game. Now you're 0-1. Um, but you luckily did have that three-game head start uh, with those other teams. So season's far from lost, but that should be a wake-up call. You know, like, okay, well, you know, we were feeling pretty good at 3-0, and but this is real. And if we get, and if we lose this game against the Steelers, we're suddenly looking at 3-2 and with a chance to go to 500 playing the also equally dangerous Raiders. So uh, pretty tough. Um, we got uh, Semisi Moody coming in here saying... Coming, coming in, making the... We're, we're going... We're making up on some lost ground is what uh, Semisi Moody has done. With uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, we were only 2% towards uh, Star's goal. That's a big bump. We just that, that's putting a little gas on the fire uh, to to get to get it going. So we certainly appreciate uh, everything that you've done for us. I think you were you had the second most uh, in the in the in the hat yesterday for the drawing, and this will will vault you back up to the top. Uh, appreciate your support and, uh, and and love having you on here. Thank you so much for for uh, the the support and generosity. Yeah, and with Reisner being back, I would expect um, Reisner is supposedly back. I would expect Moody to start again this week uh, at the right guard position for Glasgow. Um, we'll see if that uh, help with the game plan uh, obviously changes. But I want the Broncos again. Just run the football more. I know it's a passing league, but that's not your identity right now. Um, and if you can win the game via the ground with good defense, th- there's multiple ways to win football games. That's fine. Go ahead and do that, especially if you're playing to the strength of your offensive line and protecting your quarterback. Uh, go ahead. But you no, know, just don't go. I kind of danced around your question. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm still tap dancing around. This is such a volatile subject. I, I would prefer to see Teddy Bridgewater into Drew Locke. Based on the balance of what I've seen so far, I think the team plays better with, with, with Teddy at the helm. Uh, I want 100% Teddy. I don't want a 90% Teddy. I want 100% Teddy, especially when we're dealing with, uh, with head injuries. Yeah. Um, can this team beat Pittsburgh with Drew Locke? Yeah, absolutely. Because the other part of I said, let's make sure I hedge this, you know, 100% <laughs> was I'm not going to cast any type of uh, judgment on Drew Locke based on coming in midway through a game at halftime behind all those type of things. I want to see him manage a game from beginning to end before we start saying yes or no. And maybe we might not even be able to say that still. There's still going to be a lot of maybes in here because there's not going to be enough separation between these two over the course of the year. For the people who want Drew Locke to say, I don't want Drew Locke anymore, and vice versa. Yeah, no, we'll, we will uh, we'll hopefully get it here. We do have a, I don't have the ability to pull it up, but a super sticker here from Woodwork by Ben Norris. Maybe somebody else can pull it up. I don't know what uh, Chad's up to right now, but um, we'll see about that one. But thank you very much for your support, uh, Woodwork by Ben Norris. Um, shout out to you for the $5 super. That means a lot to us, and we appreciate that. 
Uh, I want to get to this comment here from Tim Hoffman. It's a, hype, it's a hyped hippo. That's what I can tell. Um, All right. Can, let me see. You know what I can do is I can share my screen. Share my screen over here. So the hyped hippo. Boom. There it is. All right. Hyped hippo. Let's get it. That's that's for the Broncos being four and one after this week. And also the Broncos being three and one and very much on the path towards the playoffs. So a lot of season to go. Just one game. I don't think people need to bury this team yet. I think everybody's just so scared to fall in love with this team. And we haven't had a good Broncos team for a while. This is a good Broncos team. They should be contending for the playoffs. They're not great. They're not a Super Bowl contender. Anybody who thought that after the three, and know, you know, I mean, I guess good for you, but reality comes quick <laughs> when that happens, but uh, it's a good team and the season's far from over. I want to get to this comment here from Tim Hoffman over on Facebook. Thanks for joining us today, Tim. Uh, when is the franchise going to learn we need to invest in our offensive line? Even when Manning was getting pounded and thrown to the ground, the Broncos uh, weren't investing, really invested in the offensive line. And I, there is such a point of diminishing return on the offensive line where you've invested too much. And at some point it comes down to nailing the right evaluation the player uh, doing the right work. Sorry, dog turn around the kennel and um, the coaches getting those guys in the right spot. But you have first round pick getting $17 million a year. Garrett Bowles at left tackle. Okay. That's a big investment. Uh, pick 41 overall left guard, Dalton Reisner. That's a big investment. 77 overall second year player, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, another solid investment. I think your highest paid offensive player on your, the side of the ball, Graham Glasgow. That's a high investment. He's one of the highest paid guards in football. Uh, you've, you did have the right guard or right tackle very highly invested in too before uh, the whole Juwan James got injured again. So it's not like this team hasn't invested in the offensive line. It just doesn't always work out. Um, but I don't think it's, they, they completely ignore it. And you know, if you're using first round picks on the offensive line if, every single year to get it right, that means you're neglecting the offensive weapons. You're neglecting the pass rushers, the cornerbacks, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I do want to push back a little bit that they haven't invested in it. Biggest issue right now is uh, I guess, right. Honestly, compared to what you were post-draft, you've lost three starters so far with Reisner, James, and Glasgow. You'll get some of those guys back, but no team has the depth to survive losing three starters unless you have a special quarterback. Yeah, I think the, the question that becomes from Tim and the rest of the Broncos fans is if even if those guys are still there, how much better is this line? So when you start asking about investment, I actually start thinking the investment is there. Let's talk about the identification and the development. Hmm. So the scouting and development of these guys – um, because the investment has been there, but are you getting a good return on it? Are you getting value for your draft picks where you're, where, where you are taking them? Uh, if not, why not? You know, nobody's going to be hundred percent for sure. But, um, you know, as fans, what we ask is that you are investing in the right areas and the investment has been there to Nick's point, just listening to him to say all those things, talk about the free agent contract at right tackle, the big money at left tackle. And that was a high pick. Uh, the interior line, you're looking usually looking at third, fourth, and fifth round picks, and those guys develop. That's pretty normal. And then yeah. you pay them as they, you know, kind of, you know, almost like a walk on kicker. You know, we're gonna we're gonna have five kickers walk on, and once you kick for a year, then we're gonna give you a scholarship, but not before. So, uh, you know, my my question then becomes: Is the scouting and development of these guys why why are they falling behind? Why are they falling behind? Were they not good enough to begin with? Or are we not doing a good enough job of developing them? I think there's a multi, that's a multifaceted question uh, with different answers as well. The big thing, I think Reisner's playing in the wrong scheme that would benefit his skill set the best. He's a solid pass protector, but he is far better in an outside zone scheme. When you're asking him to duo block or anything power 
uh, oriented. He's just that's just not his strength. He's better moving laterally and climbing to the second level in the run game. cushionberry has been a struggle there, and then uh, Glasgow. He's solid when he's healthy. Um, it's just he hasn't been. He hasn't he injured uh, the end of last year. Injured this season. Multiple things going on. So um, I think it's much more just the offensive line and the bad luck of injuries. And then Massey as well. I mean, you weren't expecting Massey to play. You had a big investment in Juwan James. So uh, it sucks. Unless you had a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback, you're probably still going to have issues there. Yeah, you're not getting a contract that Graham Glasgow got without having success. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all he didn't all of a sudden become a bad guard. You don't, you don't typically pay those guys on the interior line that type of money unless you were pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and uh, we got Gustavo with some information here saying uh, Jason Smith was just released, and uh, it's too bad uh, for Jason Smith, a good player at Notre Dame, had that terrible knee injury against Ohio yeah, State. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with Michael's version of this one with because with, I, I put that up there for you because I wasn't sure who uh, Jason Jaylen. Smith was. It's Jalen. Yep. But I do know who that is. Yep, uh, Jalen Smith. Um, the answer to everybody's question is the same as it was for Jamie Collins. The answer is no. Uh, guys are cooked and uh you have a short shelf life and jalen smith looks slow and old and uh there's i want neither of those things on this defense slow and old get out of here so uh sorry about that but uh, no no thanks on jalen smith uh he's more of a name than a difference maker at this point and and gustavo certainly appreciate you coming in yeah. um and, and and hitting the super and and keeping us informed while we are in here with y'all it's it's, it's tough for me to dual screen i look over here but i'm checking on in here and not necessarily surfing. Hey, what's going on every two seconds. And, uh, Michael coming in saying that Nick and Scott are the bash brothers on Broncos for breakfast and building the Broncos go Broncos. I've got, we're kind of reinventing the bash brothers on my, uh, my son's baseball team. He's got somebody he's played with for three or four years. And between the two of them, they're pretty strong. And, uh, we, we've, we've given them a little education on the late eighties, Oakland A's. Uh, Good they're, times. they're having some fun with that. Yeah. I, I grew up, adoring Mark McGuire, uh, Mark McGuire and John Elway, man. Those are my dudes. Um, but, uh, Chase Wellner coming out of the $5 super over on YouTube says, uh, did you guys see Javonta Williams a second and broken tackles behind Nick Chubb? That was and, just one uh, run, wasn't it? A, a lot of it, man. What a run. <laughs> um, I'm surprised Taysom Hill isn't in there. Jeez. Yeah. Watching highlights with my son. I was like, that is a grown man run right there. And then I saw the Javante Williams, uh, run later. I was like, Oh my God, you're not supposed yeah. to be able to do that in the NFL. Pretty insane. Um, also, I want to say that I'm very much a I'm a statistical guy. And while Nick Chubb is leading Javonta Williams in uh, broken tackles, Javonta Williams has done it like on half the carries. Mm-hmm. So uh, while Nick Chubb has broken more, Javonta Williams, you know, tackle per broken tackle per carry is through the roof. Insane. Um, so in, it's it's a tough situation for the Broncos. Oh, we have too many good backs because Melvin Gordon's playing great football, too. Um, so yes, just lean into those guys. I don't I really don't understand what Pat Shermer did in the second half, especially because it's so obvious that Pat Shermer has zero trust in Drew Locke. I mean, you saw, I think Drew Locke took a sack with the first play he was in there and Shermer's just looks like dejected, like, oh, here we go. Yeah. So if you don't trust you try him, to do by dropping him back and pass on every play, you're like, I'm going to prove a point. It's, it's strange. Yeah, it, it really is. It's strange. It's like, oh, we know, we know we need to, we can't run. We can't win. It's almost like they flipped the script on them. Honestly, you know, like, you ran – you don't think that he was a good enough passer so, or ball control, so you're going to pass him every play? You know, run him with the Teddy Bridgewater playbook. Let him play underneath. 
run the run the uh, run the ball, run play action, do all those things to protect a quarterback. Instead, you drop him back in a, you know in a, in a five step shotgun every time, and throw the ball the whole time. It's, how could that go wrong? Yeah. It was uh, the whole thing. I, I, I understand why Broncos country was a little a little disappointed and a little frustrated and a little peeved, especially if you've had to watch this before. <laughs> especially if there's a pattern here. Tim came in, showing up big too. Uh, yeah, nice, Tim. nice job on the stars coming in. And uh, if you have anything that you you want us to hit, let us know. Hit us up in the comments. You've you've earned a uh, another shout out for sure. Appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate you, Tim. Thank you very much. Also got the uh, thumbs up with the 100 on there. Maybe as a response to Mark saying, good is it having a guard who plays half a game and then is out another game or two with heart issues? IDK, if that can be called an investment. I mean, you paid him. It's an investment. Doesn't mean it was a good investment. You don't really find that out until after the fact, right? right? Like you're you're putting money in Dogecoin or whatever the heck the kids are doing these days and yeah. uh, find out later it's plummets. It's like, oh, that was a bad investment. It's still an yeah, investment. It was you, you cannot question that they are willing to allocate the resources towards that position. They just didn't do it very well. Again, it's an investment. It's just a, it was a bad one or it's not, it's not going very well. But if you're saying I've got, and that was the original question. When, when are we going to invest in the offensive line? Well, you got draft picks and money. What else, what else are you going to do? That those, yeah. That's your capital. That, that's all you can do to invest in the offensive line. There has been investment. It just hasn't been very good. So again, scouting and development because resources isn't the problem. Yep. No, you're absolutely correct. Um, and we got Steve coming in here, uh, I believe with stars here. So thank you very much, Steve. That might even be double dipping here. Uh, I thought Munchak was supposed to be an offensive line. God, what do you think the overall problem is? The players should be good, but aren't performing. Um, obviously, and we've also got massive stars from uh, Mama Moody coming in there. My God. Um, that's incredible to see. That's uh, so thank you so much for that. Tim Hoffman also coming in, Peter Middleton and Steve. We got this question right now. Gary leads Palmer, Michael Ronquillo, Lawrence Rivers, and Claude Riley. Thank you guys so much for the Rivera. stars. Uh, yes, Lawrence, Lawrence Rivera. Rivera. And uh, sorry, it's pretty small on my screen. Um, but uh, thank you so much, <laughs> my, guys. My head goes from side to side because I've got like 40 inches of screens up here, so at least. So that's why. That's why I'm not just glancing around my whole side. My, if I get one over here, I'll be, I have 180 degrees of, of screens here. Oh, that's the best for watching football games, especially college. when you have like 10 games going at once. Good times. But Steve, uh, Munchak was supposed to be a, an offensive line. God, what's the problem? Um, I think the problem is last year, I would say the problem was probably a combination of youth on the offensive line, as well as a quarterback who is not helping the offensive line out very much. Um, they have the off quarterback play and offensive line play go hand in hand. Um, I think this year, the issue has been injuries galore going on right now. Garrett Bowles regression. Um, we have not talked much about that. He was terrible in this Ravens game. I think he's had given up four sacks this year, um, already, which is in four games. What the heck's going on Bulls? Uh, he's, he tell you that he's been playing bad too. Um, and just the injuries on the interior, but, uh, it's, it's an issue. You do wonder, though, if this offensive line would be performing even worse if they didn't have Mike Munchak, because Mike Munchak does have a good track record. Uh, so I have a hard time saying he is the problem, but you're, you'd hope that you'd have better better offensive line play considering Munchak's prestige. Uh, and Lauren's coming back in with a star saying, I wish we would have kept Lindsey and Williams. Lindsey was Broncos fire last year, or, or it would have been. So let's see. Would you trade? Would you trade... Melvin Gordon for Philip Lindsay straight up. Who's the better back right now? 
Melvin Gordon's a better back, especially in this game um, with how much uh, isolation kind of plays you have going on there, especially with how much the running back is responsible for picking up pass rushers. Uh, we saw it with Philip Lindsay, bless his heart. Um, you know, he's got a heart of a lion, but he's small and gets overrun when he's back there. And you don't have that issue with uh, Melvin Gordon. So uh, Melvin Gordon's also better, the better receiving back. He's the better goal line back. Uh, he's just, he, he's a better player. And we saw Philip Lindsay was on the open market this year, right? Like the Broncos let him go. There were not teams breaking down the door to sign Philip Lindsay. He's a fine back for sure, but uh, Melvin Gordon's much more valuable. Well, and Seth comes in too with a with a five dollars super. What do you think the play calling will be on Sunday? Hopefully, better. I I don't know. What would you define as better? <laughs> um, I want to see. I think they're having real issues personnel wise with this team right now. Is because all of your weapons now are much more of the slow, long play developing receivers. Because like Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, right? They they're not the guys who are downfield in an instant. They're more like down the field. You need a little bit of time for them to get up that head of steam and get downfield. Same with Noah Fant. Um, you don't have those guys who can win in isolation. Boom, quickly. You know, KJ Hamler from the slot, getting open quick. Jerry Judy, uh, anywhere, honestly, getting open quick. Uh, and then you compound that with an offensive line that was struggling to hold up. Um, it, it goes downhill quickly in that regard. So I'm hoping that this Broncos team will, again, just be stubborn with the run game, run it efficiently. And hopefully whoever the quarterback is, is better than what we saw from the quarterbacks this last week. Cause both quarterbacks had bad ball placement, not good decisions. Uh, just, just not very good. Well, in, in the case of, you know, the, the big guys out wide, like you're speaking of um, the way you want to try and use them. If you're don't have a ton of time is, <clears throat> is a quick slant or something along those lines where they can, catch a ball, drag a smaller corner five or six yards. It's almost an extension of the running game. Or if you see them singled out up there, then you can take a three-step drop and, and throw it high, loft mm-hmm. it up and let them run under it, let them go up there and fight. And then you can get 25, 30-yard chunk plays. And the, where you get the time to get downfield is on the ball. <laughs> the ball has a hang time. You're not in a seven-step drop and then trying to fire a laser in there because you don't have time to get a seven-step drop. But you can – put one up in the air and uh, and let it hang up there and let them go under it. But you have to have the right type of defense. You, you do that against a cover two and you're throwing in a double coverage. So again, running the ball helps isolate those receivers out wide. And so again, getting back, getting away from the run in the second half didn't make a ton of sense. Um, and there was a comment here, U.S. Dave, uh, Appreciate you you being in here and as always. It says if it's true, don't make him play a Teddy offense. I disagree to a certain extent. I want to see the, the the Teddy offense is get the ball out quickly, stick to the running game, and take advantage of play action. I'd love to see Drew Locke doing that. What I don't want to see Drew Locke doing is dropping back uh, in a four wide shotgun run and shoot offense. That's what I don't want to see again. That's not working. Uh, the running game and play action seems to be working. Let's let's give that a shot with Drew Locke. I want to see him try. I want to see him in in that offense. Yeah, and think for me the Steelers game. I have zero respect for well Roethlisberger, but that goes beyond football. Um, but uh, the his arm right now. Um, don't respect that. Don't respect their offensive line either. So the way I look at this game is your quarterback probably is not going to win you this game, but your quarterback certainly can lose you this game because the Steelers have a great defense and your defense should do enough to hold the Steelers defense at bay. So as long as a quarterback is out there, it's not to the same extent as the the Jets or the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I would say pretty similar to the Giants 
uh, in terms in terms of game planning. Your quarterback cannot lose lose you the game. He, I'm not asking him to go win there, but if he loses you the game, that's that's on him and that's on the coaching staff. You just need to take the ball almost out of his hands to a certain extent, either Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, and uh, put it on the weapons around them and just executing the layups. You know, it, this is a boring team uh, in that regard for this game plan. At least it would be for me. But I'm looking to, you know, draw walks, work the pitch count, get on base, maybe hit a couple opposite fielders, and uh, get guys on base. Just keep moving it. We don't have to be uh, swinging for the fences on everyone. There, there's not a whole lot boring to me about watching big guys running over smaller guys. So I like yeah, the true. running game. I like the tight ends. I like big wide receivers. You got all of them. Let's put them to mm-hmm. some good use. Uh, and Chase Walter comes in with a $2 super and says, are you, are you encouraged by Quinn Miners long term? Yes, I am. Um, and the way Miners is playing right now, I think uh, not for this year, but I think Reisner should be on notice for next year or maybe even Cushenberry because Miners obviously has some center hopes for his future. Um, and also Glasgow's uh, contract as well, because you can save a lot of money moving on from Graham Glasgow. So I think Miners, you know, he's we always thought he was a year away and we didn't want to see him unless injuries happen this year. And here we are. Um, but I think he actually looked pretty competent out there. Um, he doesn't have arm length issues, which sometimes you see there on the interior. Um, and while the game is, you know, tough for him at this point, going whitewater, the NFL, he definitely looks competent. Um, so I'm really excited to see what, uh, minors looks 2022 and beyond. Well, and it'll be fun because once the minute the season's over, he's not preparing for the senior bowl. He's not preparing for the NFL combine. He's not preparing Mm -hmm. for the draft, all of those things. He's preparing to be a Denver Bronco and to play the way they want him to play. And you can tell him you know, February 1st, Quinn, we want you to be the starting center or we want you to push for center. And he spends the next five months doing nothing but working out and practicing the center snap exchanges and calling his buddies and doing all those things where he now knows what's going to be expected of him instead of just spending January, February and March trying to get his shuttle time faster, you know, or something like that, trying to prepare for a combine. He's preparing to be a better football player. And I'm extremely encouraged with what I've seen. Um, the struggles are kind of what we were expecting where they are. And the positives are what we were expecting what they are. This The scouting report on him, I think, that that I had coming out of the Senior Bowl has been pretty good. And it's, it's biased because it's me grading myself on this. But I'm, I'm pleased with where he is right now, for sure. I think he's looked better than anybody could have hoped. Honestly, I mean, going from Whitewater uh, to the NFL, there could have been, you know, we're playing Schlotman right now because he has uh, game experience. The fact that he's already overtaken Schlotman, um, who was an undrafted free agent, but still Whitewater to the NFL is a big jump. Um, so that's good. And I think Miners, he's just, he's got natural awareness out there as well. Um, there was a couple of like twists and stunts and picking up blitzes that uh, he looked much better than I had dared hoped. So uh, he's still going to have his bumps and bruises this season when we see him, but he's he's somebody that I feel really good about this offensive line going forward. He's going to be a starter at some point where I'm not sure, but uh, he's going to be starting on this team. Um, we got uh, Lawrence Rivera coming back in here. See, I can see it when it's that big on my screen. I'm um, saying whatever it takes to keep uh, Teddy healthy. If he has to wait one more week, do it. Um, it's definitely, I'm not a neurologist. I am in the sciences, but I'm not a neurologist. So I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on there with Teddy. But again, from what we've heard, and that's all we can go on is that it was a minor concussion and that, it does seem like he has a very good shot of being cleared uh, by Sunday. And even I think even by Friday can go through walkthroughs and whatnot and uh, offensive install. So I'd say it's a probably a 50 50 chance right now. But if he doesn't play, I feel still pretty good about Drew Lock and they're giving you a chance to win the game. And that's as, the key. Well, you, yep. 
That's the key. Do you feel like you can win this game with Drew Locke? Yeah. Okay. Are you sure yeah. about Teddy? Yeah. Okay. Then play Teddy. If, yeah. if that's what you want to do, you know, if, if, are you sure about Teddy? No, this isn't a must win game. You know, the three game cushion on a 17 game season ensured that for you. You, you can, I don't want to say punt on one, but even if we don't play Teddy, we can get, we have a pretty good chance of winning this game. All right, well, let's not, let's not risk his health on this. And, you know, if a double up on a concussion, then we lose him for the year. Uh, now we don't have any choice and options and depth at the quarterback position that we enjoy right now. So uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. Basically, pretty much everything except a championship game. You know, when yeah. I'm watching, you know, Madison Bumgarner go out there and, you know, throw and, on, you know, he's hurt. I'm like, well, this is the World Series. Yeah. If you got to throw your arm out, throw it out. You got a hundred million, a hundred million in the bank and a chance to win the World Series. If you go out with a win here and your career's over, you're like, well, I just won the World Series. I'm okay to go out like that. Yeah. Um, not week five uh, of an NFL season that's 17 games. No, no, we're not making that sacrifice. Yep, exactly right. And you have a little bit of good fortune in your bank right now, starting off the season three and one. Obviously, you can get off the rails pretty quickly, but uh, this is not a must win game. You still have a lot of games left. So I totally agree with your point there. Um, that's a good one. We also have, oh God, I had a question here. I, uh, William coming in here. Good to see you, William, over on YouTube. Said, I think the D will come back big. I just don't know about the offense. And I think this is an important point as well. And I think Von Miller hinted at this in a post-game press conference as well as like he's excited to play normal offenses again <laughs> what the Ravens do to you with pre-snap motion and the looks off the run game with Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson being such a run threat really limits what you can do with a pass rush with coverage and whatnot and the Broncos just did not look comfortable out there in the back end you know there was a miscommunications in the back end or uh, blown assignments and I, part of that is probably thinking about Lamar or what he's going to do um so like the offense the pass rush looked terrible in this game it's not because the Broncos pass rush all of a sudden disappeared now have they been somewhat disappointing this year outside of Von Miller and Draymond Jones yes but I don't think they're ter a terrible unit they should be much better this week and honestly with how uh limited Big Ben looks uh, not the athlete he used to be uh, limited arm talent too. Uh, he can throw it up there, but I might risk it a little bit more to get after him. And uh, the Steelers offensive line, I think this, this defense is going to look rejuvenated this week. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. I think the further we get from this uh, Ravens game, the more we'll understand just how unique of a bind they put you in from a defensive scheme perspective. Yeah. And there's no way to prepare for that type of speed at the position from Lamar Jackson until you see it. Um, you know, I felt like we touched on this this morning watching that that touchdown run from Latavius Murray. Uh, you know, Jonathan Cooper didn't necessarily completely crash down on the on the offensive backfield. He had running back on that on that run option, that option read. Uh, and he kind of mirrored him, but he didn't have the speed to get back out to the edge. And Latavius Murray outran him and Alexander Johnson to the corner and went for a touchdown. Jonathan Cooper will learn from that. Uh, unfortunately with the type of big playability that some of these guys have your learning moments can end up being touchdowns, especially with Lamar Jackson. And you will learn some of these young guys that the Denver Broncos are going to be counting on are going to learn by God, I better seal that edge. I better extend that play and turn him back inside and, and let somebody else look bad if they miss the tackle, because if he gets outside on me, it's 30 yards. Um, and even then, you still might not be able to do it. The, the guy's, he's good. <laughs> yep. He's good. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to sometimes. 
Yeah, and it's just your pass rush has to be so much more disciplined. It's one reason that I really like the – you said I kind of have a type at edge rusher, I think, the other day when you were uh, poking at me. I, at least I think it was you. I'm saying I got kind of the bigger, stronger guys with the length, and it's because they can still – you know, it's the Indiana Jones wall and closing with their pass rush still. It's not the Von Miller where they're going – Von Miller can still do that from time to time, but really it's the speed around the arc and the bend that where he's he makes his money. Obviously, it's Von Miller. Nobody does it better than him. Um, but against Lamar Jackson – that kind of neutralizes Vaughn somewhat because you cannot yeah, get that much depth his ears back and go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they, and Malik Reed, it's the exact same thing. Obviously not the same as Von Miller, but like a more finesse rusher length around the arc. And when you have Lamar Jackson, you just simply can't I, I'm off the screen, but you can't go around that depth. Otherwise you're leaving those huge spaces. And with Lamar gone, I mean, he can be gone at that point. So I think the pass rush will look, much better this week. I'm still counting down for uh, Bradley Chubb coming back. I know people ha- happy about Malik Grant, drafted free agent. He's still one of the, unfortunately, last season, this was the case too. This season, again, he's one of the worst edge rushers, starting edge rushers in football as far as pass rush win rate, snap to snap, uh, to uh, double team rate. So he, teams don't double him at all. He's one of the least doubled edge rushers in football. He's also one of the lower pass rush win rate guys. So it's, that makes that hurts the rest of the unit. Bradley Chubb's on the other end of the spectrum. So more of a uh, even if he's not racking up the sacks or whatever, he's having more influence on what the offense is doing out there. Um, so he'll be back at some point, too. Um, but I want to get to this one from our pile just because this is building the Broncos after all. And I always am down to talk a little bit of draft. We don't have to get into the specifics here, but we can just talk a little philosophy. Uh, if the NFL draft was tomorrow night, what position should we pick first for the most need? Um, this one is pretty. I'll give the easy answer first and then we can kind of dig into it. The first one is quarterback. Um, Drew quarterback, you know, I'm looking at Peter's answer right here saying if we resign bond, then I'll say right tackle, uh, anything across the offensive line, inside linebacker and running back. Um, and then I lost, uh, there, there's our pals, uh, what position should we pick first for most need if the draft was tomorrow night? And it's first round. So I'm not going interior offensive line in the first round. I'm probably not going running back in the first round. I'm probably not going inside linebacker in the first round. Um, so is there an offensive tackle there? Is there an edge rusher there? Is there an interior defensive lineman there? And is there a quarterback there? Um, I, it, it looks to me like you're going to need your quarterback of the future. Um, I don't know. Teddy came out playing so well that in the, in the spring and summer, I said, if Teddy wins this job, you will have a new quarterback in 2023. I, I'm not ready to change my mind on that one just yet. Um, you know, you can get a guy, you can re-sign Teddy to a one-year deal, get him, get him a one-year extension and draft your guy this year, have him play behind Teddy for a year. And then he plays with some experience. Then he's ready to go in 2023. Um, while this, while you still have a window to make a run of the playoffs and it's not a total rebuild. Um, and, and plus you'd be getting him late enough that he's not eating up a significant amount of cap space that he's cost controlled for a little while. But you know, my, my first thought on that, Nick was the same as yours was quarterback. Yeah, I'm very, I'm a simple man with simple principles. Um, And one of them is if you don't know you have your franchise quarterback, that's the first question. That's the first thing you have to look for. And right now, uh, Drew, Drew Locke losing out to Teddy Bridgewater, uh, year three in the year three in the NFL, second round pick also on um, the data that we have gathered on so far. There's no way anybody knows that Drew Locke is a franchise quarterback, right? If he was a franchise quarterback, he'd be out there, you know, going up. Uh, people would be comparing him to Justin Herbert right now, who's setting the NFL ablaze. Um, that's not the case. Um, so the first thing is quarterback. Maybe this is the wrong year to go after quarterback. I'm not super impressed with the, the talent granted. 
I know this year's quarterback rookie crop has not looked as good so far, although better this week. Um, so we'll, we'll judge them at the end of the season. But first question is quarterback. You mean they've gotten better after four games? That's hard yeah. to believe. You're, you're freezing up a little bit. Your, your audio is, is going okay, but you are freezing up just a little bit. And it's, of course, always in some of the most, you know, compromising looks and, you know, type of things. <laughs> That's of actually a pretty good one that you froze up on that one. So um, wanted to hit, uh, got another another uh, stars comment from Travis saying, bumps and bruises. I know it's just one game, but if and when Teddy gets hurt and Locke has to play, don't quit. Give him the same response if it was Teddy. It just seems like the team quit. Um, some of emotions are you can't help but the way you feel. You just can't. And there was a letdown. There was a disappointment. I couldn't see it. So I'm just going on what you've been told. I watched this one on a condensed version and it was quick, you know, quick plays. And I, I couldn't see anything. I only saw what happened on the field. Um, so I have to take your word for it. And, you know, I think there's, especially with a head injury, there's some disappointment that, that Teddy went out. That's only natural. Um, but these guys are professionals and there's a next man up type of philosophy. And, and I hope they, they rally around whoever is the quarterback this week. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Hopefully they do that. Hopefully I'm not too frozen here. Um, but philosophy back to the draft question here. Um, edge rusher, offensive tackle cornerback. Again, you have two starters that are going to be free agents next year and, um, uh, wide receiver may be a dark horse as well. Um, just given the contracts right now, KJ Hammer's injury, you need three good wide receivers and you might only have two next year. So uh, we'll this will probably be the last one uh, for the night as Lawrence comes in and says um, last one from him tonight, too. Um, I was going to ask, do you think the Broncos find more hidden talents than they actually draft in first rounds? I'm not sure I understand the question. Um, he's, I think he's asking that the Broncos do the Broncos do better later in the draft than the hit the first round picks they're supposed to hit. Um, so I'd say the Broncos actually do a pretty good job with the later rounds compared to the rest of the NFL. Their free agent signings as of late have been probably below average um, compared to the rest of the NFL. So that's, I think that's where they're falling behind somewhat. And also some of those uh, midday picks, not as much, but the undrafted late picks have been pretty good as of late. Um, but you'd have, I'd have to look at the data from across the league to really get yeah, an idea. I, I think it. it's a, it's a numbers game too. Um, when I was in charge of ranking people, there's like, you know, does it bother you that you miss or, you know, what's something like this? I'm like, dude, half the first round goes bust, you know, and these, this is the biggest, most expensive, well-funded league in the world with people that are watching one guy, uh, you know, 30 guys that they go bust. Of course, I don't expect to hit on all of them. Um, so for me, the numbers game is actually, if I've got, I give you one first round pick and I get to pick six guys in the next six rounds. I like my chances that I'm going to find a player that's as good as yours. If you give me five misses and one hit. Um, so a lot of it, I think is just perception as well. You, you should be able to get a guy that outperforms later in the draft. It, it just isn't going to be all of them. <laughs> you might get one of those guys that ends up playing to the talent of a first rounder as he develops and, these are human beings, you know, they're not computer programs. Yep. A hundred percent. Well, speaking of human beings, this human being has to start getting on dinner to fuel himself up. So we're going to get on out of here. Uh, appreciate you guys so much. Hopefully I'm not still freezing up, but uh, you know, we'll get through it. Um, but appreciate everyone for joining us today. This is obviously building the Broncos every Tuesday night at six o'clock mountain time. You guys you wanna, can follow us. Do you want to say I've got, I've got my daughter sitting here looking at me right now. She's coming down to say good night. Do you want to say good night to everybody? Cause I'm actually on this time. Okay. You want to say good night? No. no okay. okay. <laughs>
I should have brought the dog up. Um, I had a choice to put him in a uh, Broncos scarf today, but uh, he has like a cute plaid one on right now. Also, everybody, R.I.P. to Summit. Uh, not R.I.P., but uh, he's getting God, um, he's getting uh, his manhood taken away tomorrow. So um, thoughts and prayers for him uh, getting the snip snip. Um, but uh, shout out to everybody coming in here. Also, uh, Moody, Hoffman, Rivera, Middleton, Lazuski coming in with the stars. Especially shout out to Moody there with the ten thousand stars. Uh, man, that's a uh, that that heck of a lot. Um, and I know we have some on the right as well. If we can get to those, if you can scroll over, it looks like we got uh, Andrew Baker, Gary Leeds Palmer, Michael Ronquillo, Travis Weber, and Claude Riley. So thank you guys so much for contributing today. That means a lot to us. Uh, follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BTB Football Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Oops, sorry about that. Facebook.com. No, one more time because I like that comment. It was funny. Okay. Good night. Good night to Scott and his family. That's you. She's still standing here waiting to say good night. Wait. There she is. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, even, see, I, green, I, I, I even I got her a sweatshirt that matches the sky of of uh Bronco of, of Broncos country out there. So, so say goodnight. Say goodnight and then go back upstairs. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> um, and then uh, Chad left as well because we got things to do. Uh, make sure you join us at Facebook.com. Oh, Seth coming back in here. $20. Thank you so much, Seth, for coming in under the gun. Uh, love that orange uh, coming in. It's always great to see. Um, thank you. I think that's your second time today also, so that means a lot to us. Make sure you guys are following us on Facebook. Like, subscribe, and share to us on YouTube as well. Make sure you go to Scott's channel. Uh, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And uh, you guys, thank you so much for the conversation today. I know that Broncos country has been in a, a little bit of despair um, recently with the quarterback stuff being drugged back up and the Broncos losing to the Ravens. You know, that stuff can make you make a uh, social media, especially when it's like capturing everybody's peak emotion at that exact moment. It can make it pretty tough to get through, but I thought the comment section, of the community has been pretty good the last two days and we can it's, be critical it's, it's without getting upset. You know, it's, it's therapeutic. We're reaching the acceptance stage. Um, and you know, in, in this case, let, let's finish and let's, let's get a little angry and take it out on the Steelers. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get healthy too. Um, but everyone speaking of healthy, everyone stay safe. Uh, we love you all. Um, and, uh, oh, it looks like I'm like a dub anime dub right now. So we're going to get on out of here. Love y'all. We'll see you next time. And uh, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.